You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, Eric Bach here and welcome to the Look Right Naked podcast. And today we're going to cover six unconventional reasons you are not losing fat. Now, why are we doing such a thing? Nothing is more frustrating than thinking you're doing everything right, but not getting the results you should based on how hard you are working. And so objectively, if it feels like you're doing everything right, but you're not getting the result, you're not doing everything right, whether it's your implementation, whether it's a strategy, and that's a difficult thing. But that's why we're here. We are here to fix it. Point number one, you're not being as consistent as you think you are. So you don't always have to track calories, track sleep, track workouts, but when we track what we're doing, we pay more attention to it. It's called the Hawthorne effect. When we know we are being observed, whether it's us observing our behavior or having somebody else overlooking what we're doing, we pay more attention to the things that we are doing. If you objectively look, if you're tracking the things that you're doing, you're probably not 100% on track. Let me give you a couple examples. A lot of people will do well with a nutrition strategy, with a diet, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, until three. Friday, happy hour, food, Saturday, going out to dinner, drinks, Sunday, half the day they're okay, then the rest of they're not. Well, objectively, if you look at this, if you have expectations of A or B level results, and you've been at this for a while, and you're not quite getting there, and this is your reality, well, we have to look at it from a diet perspective. If you're on five out of seven days, that's 71%. That's a C minus, right? So you can't have C minus level implementation, but expectations of A or B level results. The same thing happens with training. Over the last week, how many days were you very focused in your training? You were laser focused, training hard with one or two reps of failure with great technique. And how often did you nail your nutrition around that workout? And now if we look at your sleep, how many days did you stick to your bedtime, get up at the right time, get seven hours of good quality restful sleep? How often did you proactively reduce stress, meditate, go for walks, right? And so if you objectively take a step back and look at it, chances are you're going to find some areas for improvement. And the longer that you are training, the longer that you're being active, the smaller the window for error when it comes to making improvements. Once you get in good shape, right, you can maintain it fairly easily. However, getting to the next level takes a different level of focus and a different level of implementation. So go through, give yourself a grade. Are you operating with A or B level expectations, but C minus level implementation? If so, it's just going to come down to getting more consistent with the things that you already know how to do. Reason number two, you have a history of aggressive crash dieting. Now, I don't want to get you bogged down in the numbers too much here, but if we objectively look at how much of a calorie deficit your body can take, we're talking 25-ish percent for four to six weeks while training hard, while getting enough protein before your body starts to fight back against you. What a lot of people do, they say, hey, I want to lose a lot of weight, so I'm going to eat as little as possible to lose weight even faster. And then I'm going to work out even harder to burn more calories because it's going to create a bigger deficit and I lose weight faster. Unfortunately, it doesn't work this way. Your metabolism is not a linear functioning mechanism. It is something that goes up and down like a thermostat in different temperatures. Okay. And so what happens is a lot of people are very aggressive with their plan and they overshoot what their body can actually do. And they end up losing a lot of lean muscle tissue. And so when you have aggressive dieting and a ton of activity and do this over time, what should be maybe a calorie deficit to help you lose body fat is no longer a deficit because we've had some down regulation going on. It's called adaptive thermogenesis. We burn fewer calories during exercise and during rest. That doesn't even jump into some of the hormonal things that can go on, right? But essentially what we have to think about is if you diet too aggressively over time, what happens? What was a calorie deficit before no longer is because we have less muscle tissue and our body's fighting against us. This is where a lot of people get stuck because they will look at, hey, I ate this much before, I should be losing. 
I'm barely eating. I should be losing. I looked at this calorie calculator on the internet that says I should eat this much and I should be losing. That's the problem with relying directly on those calorie calculators. They do not incorporate the interpersonal variability and things that are unique about you and your past history with the way that it's working, right? So when it comes to losing body fat, we have to have more of a slower, steady approach, right? And we have to have different periods where we push fat loss aggressively and then pull back. We push aggressively and then we pull back. Because if we just try to go as hard as humanly possible, pretty soon, our body's going to fight us at every step. And if you get it bad enough, we get to a point where the only thing we can do is gradually increase your calories to rebuild that metabolic function. And then you can start to actually add some more body fat and some lean muscle before you can really diet back down again. And this is something I see quite a bit, especially in women, especially in people in general who have lost a significant amount of weight. So it's much better to gradually decrease your caloric intake and have a smart strategy cycling in and out of a calorie deficit if you want to be able to lose that body fat and keep it off. Reason number three why you're not losing fat as quickly as you hope. Poor sleep. If you are getting less than seven hours of sleep, it is compromising your ability not only to perform optimally physically and lose body fat and build lean muscle, but cognitively as well. So what we need to understand about sleep is this is the natural restoration process for every single thing inside of our body. Just is, right? And so we live in a society now where we want to doom scroll directly on social media. We live hyped up on a ton of stimulants. Before we go to bed, you know, we're watching the news. We're seeing all this fear porn mongering and wondering why, hey, how come I don't feel rested? How come I feel stressed when I go to bed than when I wake up? Crazy, right? Well, when we think about sleep, here's what we need to understand. When we don't get enough sleep, seven to eight hours is going to be that key spot. It's associated with higher levels of the hormone ghrelin which regulates appetite. And so if we have higher ghrelin, well, we're going to have a bigger appetite. We're also going to have lower levels of leptin, which leads to feeling less full. What does this do? This sets us up for weight gain. In addition, we're going to have decreased thyroid function, right? Metabolic rate actually slows down. Testosterone levels slow down. Natural growth hormone levels inside of our body slow down. It also leads to aging a little bit quicker. Insulin sensitivity also goes down so we don't handle carbs as well. And so if we look at this in a vacuum, when we're not getting enough sleep, not only is our exercise recovery compromised, but the hormonal environment, both that leads us to optimally build lean muscle and lose body fat, and to be able to regulate our appetite and not give any cravings, all that stuff takes a huge, huge hit. So a lot of people look for fat burners, for things to improve hormones, for all this other bullshit that is gonna be a band-aid approach when we got a bullet hole issue, which is getting enough sleep. Well, what we need to focus on is fixing the bigger issue, which is getting good quality sleep. Because if you get good quality sleep, it sets up a hormonal cascade that's going to allow you to be able to build muscle, lose fat easier. It's also going to help you mentally be able to stick to the plan, avoid cravings, be less stressed across the board, and optimize your body composition. And it's pretty crazy, right? Um, I looked at one study, the Chicago Sleep Study, that showed men in their mid-20s who are getting five hours of sleep or less for five nights in a row, which does happen fairly consistently for, for many, testosterone levels are decreased by 20%. That's the effect of basically aging yourself from you know 25 in this case to 45, from 45 to 65. Instead of thinking about all the complicated things you could be doing with your training, you could be doing with your nutrition, how well are you sleeping? How much of a focus is that for you? So here are some guidelines to help you actually improve that sleep. First and foremost, set up a consistent bedtime and rising time each and every single day. The example for me, I generally conk out 9.30, 10 o'clock. I'm up at 5, 5.30, okay? That gives me seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. That's a pretty good sweet spot. I've got a young kid. Sometimes it's interrupted. That's okay. I still stick to what that plan is. Before I go to bed, the things we need to focus on here, we need to decompress. We need to get time away from work, time away from your screens. What I will do, 
I have a notebook right here. When I get done with work, I write down everything that I need for that next day, and then I can leave it all there. So I'm not getting distracted by a million different things. On my phone, I have blockers from social media, from different things. I turn down the lights directly on the phone so I don't get distracted and stop doom scrolling. TV, I try to pull back off the TV, not always perfect. Or if I do, I try to watch something more boring like a documentary so it allows my brain to decompress, detach a little bit, and get to that point. In addition, you want to make your house, wherever you're sleeping, as dark as possible. Even small amounts of light, such as a blinking light on a watch, on an alarm, that can actually suppress natural melatonin secretion inside of your body. Your body's very sensitive to it, so we want to make your room as dark as possible. Then we want to decrease the temperature. For a lot of people, 65 to 68 degrees is a sweet spot, but if we do not have our room cool enough, wherever we're sleeping, our body can't release as much melatonin, and that can actually decrease our ability to fall asleep quickly. So if you want to be able to get dialed in and make the most of the workouts and the training that you're already doing and steer away from cravings while supporting the optimal hormonal environment, Basically anti-aging, dialing in that sleep and setting up a proper sleep routine is absolutely crucial across the board. Fat loss mistake number four, you are doing fat loss workouts. Say with me, fat loss workouts do not exist. They are a marketing gimmick. Now let's break it down here. The rationale here is you do a fat loss focused workout. You're going to burn more calories. Therefore, because you burn more calories, you're going to lose more body fat. Well, that's a very simplistic way of thinking about it, right? And so here's the reality. If you do a workout where you take away your rest periods, instead of resting two to three minutes between your exercises, you shrink it down to 30 seconds or 45 seconds. You go from one exercise to another. Pretty soon you're out of breath. You're gasping. You're heaving and hauling like sea biscuit running in the Kentucky Derby, whatever it is, right? The workout might be a lot harder. And you know what? Maybe you burn like an extra 50 calories. Wow, 50 calories, really not much. 100 calories even, not much. What's going to happen first, because that intensity is much higher, the greater the intensity of the workout in that regard, the higher increase we're going to have in terms of appetite. Do you know how many calories or what foods have 50 to 100 calories? Like that's less than an apple. A tablespoon of peanut butter that you like to grab every time, like, you know, you're making peanut butter jelly sandwich for somebody else or you just pass it. That's like 150 calories, just that little scoop. You have one of those, that's more than you would burn off doing these crazy high intensity fat burning workouts with one scoop for three days, basically knocking out a week of training within that. And so the overall concept here is to understand this. When you're training, when you're in the gym, your primary focus is on building and retaining as much, much lean muscle as you can. Calorically, the difference between a fat loss interval training workout and resistance training intelligently, the way that we program, is not gonna be hugely different. But what is gonna be different? When you do this high intensity stuff and you have no rest, you're using little baby weights, you're getting weaker, well, you're going to lose lean muscle tissue, which is going to slow down your metabolic rate, and you're going to jack up your appetite, which is going to allow you to overconsume more calories. And so it sets up a bunch of issues. And so what you want to do instead, focus your workouts when it comes to being in the gym, especially with weight training, on building strength, on building lean muscle. That's going to be the best thing to retain and even build a little bit of lean muscle if you get your protein intake high enough during that fat loss phase to support optimal metabolic function. Then you dial in your nutrition to be able to emphasize the fat loss component. If you want to be able to burn more calories, go for more walks. It's low stress. It won't stimulate your appetite and it will help you look, feel, and perform your best. Even as an example, times when I've gotten into absolutely ripped, talking like six, 8% body fat for photo shoots. You know what? My training does not dramatically shift. I'm not doing interval training after interval training in complexes and crazy, you know, workout circuits and all this shit. Like might add one of those per week at the very end, but that's not what's primarily leading to fat loss. It's be able to hold as much lean muscle and strength as possible while adjusting the diet. So don't get confused by the marketing of doing these fat loss workouts. 
They might make you feel like you're working harder, but it's not going to elicit the result that you're looking for. Reason number five, you're not losing body fat as quickly or as much as you should be. You're not eating enough protein. A lot of people think they're eating a lot of protein, but the reality is they're not. The average woman is having around 68 grams of protein per day, while the average man has closer to 100. Now, while these numbers are close to the RDA, the recommended daily allowance that is set forth by the government, who obviously has your health as their utmost concern based on everything we've seen over the last couple of years, recommended daily amount <laughs> is the amount that is needed to prevent you from having malnutrition and or dying. That's probably not what your goal is. Most likely, you want to be able to build lean muscle, lose body fat, and look great naked without leaving the gym, right? And so the reality is that number for protein is closer to about a gram of protein per pound of body weight, right? 0.82, if you want to look at the actual studies, uh, maximum protein synthesis takes place in people who are not on anabolics run 0.82 grams per pound of body weight. So if you're like 180 or if you're 200 pounds, what does that put you at? Well, 165 grams of protein, right? The one gram is just easier for you to remember. But that's what we need to think about. Most people are nowhere near that or they're not near it consistently. And this comes from 15 years of being a coach and looking at thousands of nutrition logs from people who are already working out and already somewhat in shape. Here's where a lot of people run into issues. People think that there are foods that they're consuming that are high protein that are really higher in a lot of other things, not necessarily protein. So if we look at like a classic burger using 80-20 ground chuck, whatever you buy directly at the grocery store, if we have that on a bun, about 80% of the calories coming from that are probably carbs and fat. If we are eating almonds or nuts, yeah, these have protein as a plant-based source. Well, they're 75% fat. Beans, 70% carbs, something like a sausage, probably about 70% fat. Right. And so we look at these things that people eat on a regular basis that are quote unquote higher protein foods. But the reality is they might have some protein in them, but they're not high protein when we look at the combination of fats and carbohydrates that are in there. And so what happens is people are eating healthy. They're eating things that have some level of protein, but it's dramatically less than they actually realize. And then they're overshooting their calories in all of these different areas. They're overshooting their carbs or fats and total calorie allotment while having less protein than they think. And that all leads to overconsuming what we don't want and other consuming what we really need to be able to optimize that body composition. And so when it comes to the protein, why does that matter? First and foremost, about 30% of the calories that you have from protein are burned off just through your body, trying to rip that piece of steak apart and set those amino acids everywhere else inside of your body. So there's that. Very difficult to get any body, any body fat when you're having a lot of protein, unless your other calories are dramatically overshot. In addition, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. If you eat like a fist size, like chicken breast, say it's 30 grams of protein, 120 calories, you're going to be a lot more full than having a thumb size serving of almonds, right? That's going to be about 120, 150 calories, right? And so where a lot of people make mistakes, their portion sizing is directly off. They're eating foods that have some level of protein in them, but they're not satiated or they're not paying attention to the actual amount. And pretty soon, handful of almonds past the trail mix, just accidentally consume 600 calories while getting 20 grams of protein instead of just having a piece of chicken with more protein in it and a fifth of the calories, right? And so that's a huge issue that a lot of people have. And so when it comes to protein intake, this is a simple strategy I like to follow. We call it the 4-4-40 muscle meal method. You'd have four meals about four hours apart. Each one should have about 40 grams of protein. So this could be something very simple. You could have a protein shake as your first thing in the morning. So you have 40 grams. Cool. Knock that out with a piece of fruit. There you go. Next meal, you know, you could have a piece of chicken, chicken salad. Perfect. Next meal could be um, salmon, fish, something like that. Again, kind of like that palm size with a baked potato and some veggies. Great. Dinner could be ground beef. It could be steak, whatever it is. 
with a potato and some veggies. Very simple. But four meals, about 40 grams of protein. That's about the palm of your hand in terms of portion size. And keep going with that process. Very simple, very straightforward. You can easily titrate the protein up or down based on what's best for you. Uh, but that's a simple way to remember it. Now, the final reason of the six reasons you are not losing fat is a lack of synergy, right? And so what, what happens a lot of times, life is crazy. We get thrown a curveball and we don't adapt. So what I see a lot is, let's say your sleep gets disrupted, you get sick, but you don't change anything in terms of your training. Well, pretty soon you're training harder and harder and harder, but your body has less ability to recover. Or you make an adjustment where you increase what you're doing with your training. You're training a lot harder, a lot longer, but you don't adjust your nutrition, right? Well, what happens in this case, it's not just about burning calories. Your appetite starts to go up. Pretty soon your cravings go up, your recovery goes down, and your overall compliance with the program gets wishy-washy. And so what most people who are doing a lot of things correctly but not getting the results that they think they should really experience is a lack of synergy between their training, their lifestyle, and their overall like nutrition plan. And if we have these things, if we adjust one variable, for example, you're not getting as much sleep and you're stressed, we have to factor that into your nutrition. And we have to factor that into your training because your body's recoverability will not be as high. And so when you start to understand this concept of, hey, when this changes, these things might also need to change, then you make a lot better progress. But what happens with most people, life gets stressful, they have work parties, they're getting less sleep, alcohol intake is up, but they change nothing with what their nutrition plan is. And so what happens is, because they didn't plan ahead, they'll do fine, and then they'll have a couple days a week where they completely blow it out of the water and they think that the nutrition plan is broke. The reality is just to not make strategic adjustments that are factoring in all these different areas of your lifestyle. And so the important things to understand when it comes to losing body fat and things that most people mistakenly do, even if they have great intentions and a good education based on what they should be doing, they're not consistent with their training, nutrition, lifestyle. Do the report card. How many days out of seven have you been perfect? Give yourself a grade. If that grade's not in alignment with your expectations, that is the issue. Number two, a history of crash dieting. If you've dieted incredibly aggressively with tons of fasting, with low-carb diets, what should be a calorie deficit for you might not be a calorie deficit based on different changes that happen with your metabolic function. You might actually have to gradually focus on increasing calories and building up from that point. Point number three, poor sleep. Listen, if your sleep is dog shit, your hormonal environment that's going to lead to optimal body composition and your ability to stick to a plan are all going to be compromised. You don't need fancy supplements. You don't need testosterone boosters. You don't need any of that bullshit. You need better quality sleep. That's going to lay the foundation for everything to look, feel, and perform better. Point number four, fat loss workouts. They don't exist. The best workouts that will help you lose body fat and retain muscle are the same ones that will help you build lean muscle when you're focused on maintaining or building lean muscle as a primary goal. Instead, let your nutrition do the heavy lifting for you and just go for a few more walks. That'll be enough to stimulate fat loss. Finally, having too little protein, if you're not getting close to one gram of protein per pound of body weight, it's going to be really easy for you to overconsume all of the other nutrients that lead to overeating. In addition, you're not going to feel less full. And if you're in a calorie deficit while under consuming protein, you're also going to lose lean muscle tissue, which slows your metabolic rate. Finally, a lack of synergy. When you change one variable with your lifestyle, with your recovery, with your nutrition, with your training, it's going to affect how everything else performs. So you can't just piecemeal random stuff from the internet and wonder why it doesn't work. They all need to work together. They need to adjust based on changes with the other areas. And so listen, if you're frustrated by this process and you want to be able to look great naked without living in the gym and you got value directly from this podcast, please do me a favor. Drop me a five-star review. Leave me a comment if you're on YouTube because the way that we keep providing this free value for you and delivering the best that we can is through your feedback and through your support. 
Hey, thanks again. This is Eric Box signing off for the Look Great Naked podcast. Hey, it's Eric here again. Now, there are three ways that I can help you look great naked. Number one, if you want to grab a free copy of the Look Great Naked protocol to help you lose body fat without counting calories, then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training. Number two, if you're a busy guy looking to build muscle, then I recommend checking out our Minimalist Muscle Blitz, which has helped over 1,000 men build muscle without living in the gym. Just go to minimalistmuscleblitz.com. The link will also be available in the show notes. Or number three, and last, if you want to work with me directly and get the best results possible, apply at bachperformance.com backslash coaching to look great naked without living in the gym. Until next time, my friend. 